I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast that finished all of the episodes of Supernatural, so we had to go back in time to the Winchesters, the Supernatural prequel that Jensen Ackle just drug from nothing and put onto the world, and has since unfortunately been canceled. We're back with another episode. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm a little worse off now with the reminder that this was canceled. (laughs) It's a bummer, right? But I'm doing all right, Jeremy. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm doing good because we're continually getting new patrons into our Patreon, uh, and that makes me feel really nice. So thank you, everybody that's been supporting us over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. If for some reason you were a patron and you find yourself mysteriously not a patron this month, uh, Patreon had a weird payment processing thing. Looking at our numbers, I I can't really tell if people are just, it's the normal kind of churn or if it's just people Mm -hmm. that may have gotten their payment method canceled uh, by Patreon. But if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, why didn't I get this on my early feed? Like, I'm supposed to as a patron then you can uh go go check out your payment settings and make sure all that stuff is right um in the meantime chris i would like for you to catch us up with what's been happening with the winchesters well last time on the winchesters carlos confronted his past and came face to face with the trickster in order to save an old friend and reconcile his own dreams meanwhile john tried to unpack his relationship with mary while mary tried to unpack her relationship with her father in the end uh they all learned to work together and commu- communicate more openly. But as Samuel hits the road to research the Akrita, John makes a discovery of his own. Samuel had a photo of the man who gave John his father's letter. And that man just so happens to be Dean Winchester. I love it. We today are talking about season one, episode nine, Cast Your Fate to the Wind, which is a reference to uh, the a, a jazz instrumental Instrumental by Vince Guaraldi, uh, which I did not... That's kind of cool. That's kind of like a deep cut. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to that, uh, which I probably could have been doing while we were, while we were talking about Boy Genius and uh, sure. <laughs> and yeah. Bright Eyes and the, and the outtakes. But uh, anyway, this aired on January 31st, 2023, directed by Kristen Wendell, written by Rachel Lynette. Control your destiny. When vampires make their way into Lawrence, Carlos corrals the gang to find out why. Latika's weeks of sorting through the Men of Letters Clubhouse provides vital information when john gets a scary glimpse into the future and enlists millie's help with his plan meanwhile mary struggles with the tedious balance <laughs> tedious balance between feelings and action when it comes she to just john He's so over what this. the hell mary struggles with the tedious balance. Eye. i love this is like she's so over all of this like uh, that is such a good line the tedious balance between feelings and action god that's what a great podcast name that would be for a supernatural podcast if we ever need that's to very true do another one of these tedious balance would actually be a really great <laughs> podcast name um so we're gonna start off with some uh, funky tunes and an armored truck headed down a highway uh we're it's almost immediately a a volkswagen uh pulls out in front of the truck uh and the truck t-bones the thing there's bodies hanging out of the car everything looking dead the driver of the armored truck gets out checks no pulse chris but weirdly the bodies are cold dude i love this i i've seen this trick in stuff before um but i just love it i love the idea of like the vampire setting this trap and you check the pulse and it's wait this body's cold this person's been dead for a long time what's going on and then boom he jumps up and attacks you i was i just i liked it i thought it was a good cold open oh yeah it's it's good i i will say 
I've got some problems with the vampires in this episode, but we don't really have to oh, talk sure, about sure, it. Sure. Talk about it now. Uh, the driver gets eaten. The second guy runs off, and the vampires uh, break into the armored truck, find a men of letters box, open it up, looking for an amulet. They say, but instead find a map. Uh, and almost immediately, I can't tell, but almost immediately, you know, like this is the Scooby Gang's hideout, right? Like this has got to mm-hmm. be their their spot. Um, all of these vampires look like dorks. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. Yeah, I will say that they are. Uh... They're wearing more leather than I expected the show to put out for. Say that again. They're wearing more leather than I expected oh, the yeah, show yeah. to I, put out for. I don't, you know, it's one of those things where my brain starts turning on like the 1970s timeline of this whole thing. And uh, like, I'm sure people were wearing fucking leather pants and leather skirts and leather coats and all of that. I was like, I'm sure that's real. But like, this gives like a real blade vibe that I just. This has such a 90s vibe to it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think. And I have the same problem with, um, with uh, Mary's makeup a lot of times. Like all of her makeup and stuff looks like very modern. She looks so good for 2023. Yeah. Yeah, she looks great. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking anything. I'm not one of those dudes who are like, women shouldn't wear makeup or women should wear makeup or anything like that. I just, she's contouring in a way that I don't ever really remember seeing until like the 2020s yeah. or something. Yeah. So, but also, I don't care. Um, this is what happens when Dean interferes. <laughs> the timeline, yeah. Uh, we get our intro and then we go to Mary and John who are on a morning date together. We're going to find out that they've been doing a lot of morning dates because they're trying to keep their relationship under profile. Yeah. Uh, and on this morning date, John has picked has brought a picture of Dean Winchester with him because he's still trying to figure out who he is. Uh, and Mary cut says that this is not a bad looking hunter. Uh, and then they start kissing. I'm convinced this is the first time John has ever kissed a woman uh, throughout this episode. Like he just seems every single time it seems like a surprise uh, for yeah. him. Oh, he's definitely surprised every time. That's yeah. for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, I think it's I get this is cute. I guess sure. Um, I don't know why. Mary is so dead set on like keeping this a secret. I do know why she's going to explain it in a minute. But while they're doing their little smoochy smooch on the sidewalk, who shows up but Kyle? And I went, "Who the fuck? Who is the Kyle? fuck is Kyle?" I, that <laughs> and then been... I remembered that he is this—he's this reporter guy that Mary met up with earlier in the season. He gave them some intel on that veterans hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, they went on a date to see a movie. Yep. Uh, Omega Man, as it's mentioned. Um, mm. Yeah, this is, I forgive you for this because, like, we covered the first part of the season way back in November, December 20, 2022, which, as you know, Chris, was 13 years ago. So, um, That's 13 years ago. That's d- difficult to remember characters like Kyle. Uh, Kyle seems to take this, like, new thing pretty pretty lightly. He's like, oh, that's why you haven't been returning my phone calls. And he's like, hey, no, no NBD. Uh, and then just, just leaves. Uh, John doesn't seem to be worried about Kyle at all. Uh, he's a little bit more concerned about uh, this kind of sneaking around but of course mary is like mary uses some interesting language here where she says like office relationships can be complicated uh and i'm <laughs> once again like my brain starts like who is who is mary talking to like who yeah. is who is yeah. writing these words in mary's mouth because it just seems very modern also it doesn't matter like it, office relationships are very complicated um and then i think they smooch some more unfortunately this time carlos is calling to interrupt he's got a vampire yeah, it's, case it's, it's funny because John is like, if Kyle's cool with it, I'm pretty sure Carlos and Lotta will be cool with it. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought Carlos immediately knew the last time, right? Like I thought he, he can sense it. He yeah. can sense it, but I guess since they're not in the open. But yeah, I love the idea that I don't. 
it, the radio because Carlos radios in. Mm-hmm. Is he radioing it from from the car? This is this is a CB radio. I, so it's just like a dist, it's just, just distant voice. I like yes. that. It's not coming from her like pocket or anything. No, 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 it's no, no. no. Like, this is the CB it is radio. In the car. And it's over there. When she when they split up because she tells John like you need to go. We need to arrive separately. Uh, he's like, oh well, I'll go do something else then. I guess. Um, she she gets back in the car and she's like, uh, you know, this is Mary. Over what's your twenty? They start yeah. using CB terms, which is always very fun. Um, have to do that guys we get a little bit of denarration did you did you write down the the full thing this isn't how i saw things going when i pushed over that first domino perfect thing Thing is i've had had a few okay thing is i've had more than a few dances with free will and fate but as my dad used to say fate is what you make it i can tell you i don't remember john ever saying that Mm -mm. however I don't remember all of John's lines. You know, I'm Sam guy. I was I was more I got demon blood in me. You know, that was sort of my bag. So. Yeah, nobody was uh, ever nobody was paying attention to John Winchester back then. But I do um, know that Millie says that later in this episode. So always, uh, as always, this the, these lines kind of set the tone and the stage for the theme of the episode. Uh, fate is what you make of it. Is going to be like, what does fate mean? Do we make our own fate? It's going to be also. A big I thing. like that it, this kind of starts off with the sentiment from Dean, where he's like, "Whoa, I might have fucked up." <laughs> <laughs> Might have messed this one up, guys. <laughs> not, this is not what I saw going down. I, 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 the language choice again is is really interesting. Like not what I saw, what, not where I saw things going uh, when I pushed over the first domino. Like basically admitting that he's like meddling into in this somehow. Yeah, this and, makes me think like this is active intervention from post season fifteen, Dean. Yeah, exactly. Which is like fucking mind boggling to think about. Like it's it's wild. I think this is the point that people really started thinking like, is Jensen writing his own like fix it fic? Like did it was he just yeah. so unsatisfied with the end of season 15 that like he has to come back and like do something about it um especially with all of the implied time travel happening like it's just really really interesting um but to continue the episode we jump over to lata and carlos who are interviewing the second junk second truck driver uh carlos switches to spanish so that they can talk uh, kind of privately as lata uh, goes and spies on some some evidence she notices the uh men of letters box that has the initials rjm at the bottom uh, the driver fills Carlos in on everything, keeps saying it like, oh man, this is totally fucking crazy. You're not going to believe me. And Carlos is like, it's totally fucking crazy. I believe you and you were right. You should shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that's... Just tell the cops that it was drugs. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry. Them it yeah, was yeah. Don't, don't say anything about vampires <laughs> eating people. Just, just, just roll with this so you can keep your job. Uh, Mary arrives. Uh, and Lata is like, where's John? And Mary's like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't reach him. Uh, and I they... thought this was going to come up again because... Me too. He's gonna. He's back at the at the clubhouse doing research. He said he was gonna be there. So if they get back, and he's like, "Hey, I did all this research on vampires." They'd be like, "Well, we thought you didn't know." But that's such like an unnecessary, like, gotcha moment that I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, they they fill her in on what's going on, and Lata says, "Oh." Uh, if it's a middle letters box with the initials RJM, like I've been doing a lot more ex- exploration into the into the hideout, so I know that there's a locker room uh, and it has everybody's initials on it. So we're go- we're gonna go head back uh, before they can they can get in their cars and leave. We see Betty, John's XGF, uh, also AKA the cop of the show, uh, notices them from down the road and is like, "Oh, that's weird that John's new GF mm-hmm. uh, and also her friends are hanging out here. This is very strange." I don't know why, but I like this subplot um for some reason i really liked like the agent henderson yeah. subplot mm-hmm. in same absolutely same because yeah. it's it's just everything they do is so over the top and so 
illegal. It, it goes um, back to that thing that we've talked about a bunch, and that it's always fun to see an outside perspective on our on our on the boys, or in this case, the Scooby yeah. Gang. Like it's just they're like you said, they're so over the top, and they do so much weird shit that having a normal fucking person that's like I'm a police officer and I work full time, like just see them being strange is like kind of interesting and funny. Mm-hmm. And of course, their behavior is very suspicious. So yeah, I I just. I don't know how they're going to handle this or where it's going to go or anything, but I just found it interesting. And I guess it makes it slightly interesting that it's John's ex. It adds a layer to it. I'm here for the drama for some reason. I, this, here I am. Yeah. So we cut straight to them hunting, right? They they are not hunting. They they cut back to them straight uh, down in the bunker, down under the yep. clubhouse. They're they're scooping around, following uh, Lotta's lead as they find this this locker room, essentially. Yep. Uh, and they go right to it. Uh, they find the name uh, that's RJM, um, a.k.a. Raphael. There's a whole list of names on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the only notable one that I really picked up on was, you know, Henry Eric Winchester um, is in there, H-E-W, for the, the yeah. guy that we know. I can read you the rest of them, and you can uh, tell me if you think that they're real or not, but I'm not. All right, let's. let's, let's... <laughs> uh, Quentin Isaac Rankrish. Wow. Real or no? That's, yeah, real. Real? Okay. That's correct. Emirat Avery Sampson. That's real. Tatiana Camille Blanchard. There's no women in the men of letters. Oh, that one's real too, brother. Gotcha. I knew I knew I could get you tricked up on the woman, the name. Actually, yeah, I'm pretty sure there were women. <laughs> there were the women, yeah. Um, they find the amulet. Uh, John reaches out and grabs it. Uh, and as he does, he sees a vision. It's this head goofy vampire um, standing over his own dead body. Uh, and as he lets it go and lets it fall to the floor, his hand has been burned. It's been marked with these like runes. Um, Lata warns like hey don't touch it like just pick it up with a cloth or something which I mean like I feel like this is basic fucking basic magical one on one yeah I, even I know in real life <laughs> I'm not bare handing a mysterious amulet I'm just not doing it I'm sure. just not yeah um they uh Lata does research this is the amulet the gem of Shatari I believe uh, um, I, I tried to find yeah. a spelling for this somewhere and I couldn't couldn't do it Ushatori. they they U R S I T O R E it's the, the they are Romanian gods of fate and it sounded like they were saying Ushatori the okay. whole episode so if i'm remembering that wrong i apologize cuz it sounded a little bit differently than it was spelled um the way they but were saying it, yeah. I was like, "How do they know about that 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 race of people in Mass Effect Four? Like, that's the yeah. <laughs> that's right, it just sounded right, so right, out right, there to right. me." Right. Um, but yeah, these are you know they they deal with fate. This this thing has the ability to see the future. Um, Carlos very astutely asked, "Does you do you see a future or the future? Like we we got to kind of find out." Um, and she's like, "I have no idea. We have to go find an expert." Um, mm-hmm. So they they jet out and Mary. Uh, goes back to John and is like, you need to tell me every single detail that you, what you, what you saw. She's obviously very nervous about this because you know, John is dead. Um, He says, no, I've told you everything, including the red carpet. They're going to continually bring up the red carpet like four or five times. Um, I think just beating the audience over the head with it at this point. Like, I don't think you really need to do this. Um, But this is going to be the first of like seven mentions of the red carpet. Uh, It sure does come up a lot. uh, I was just thinking of Carlos's van. (laughs) There's a lot of red carpet in there. Um, 
John says they should, uh, quote unquote, stay present, which is something that Mary talked about at the beginning of this episode. Um, so that, and not necessarily worry about the future. Like we're going to figure this out in the meantime, let's do some more kissing. Like I'm still not, I'm still not very good at it. You need to, you need to teach me. Um, and as she leaves, we see that John's still a a little worried about all of this. Like he's looking at his hand. He's pretty stressed and his face gets more stressed, I'd say throughout the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like it gets continually more and more anxious throughout. Uh, we skip over to Millie who is working on a car when john's xgf betty arrives uh she's obviously very worried about john's new friends she looked up mary's family and there's a like mary has a rap sheet her family has a rap sheet like she's just like hey i was hoping that john would go to war and get like whatever is in his system like out and millie is like i don't really think it's that easy sweetheart that's fucking a weird thing to say it is kind of like i uh, would hope he goes to war to kill his way through his anger uh a very strange thing to say what we are i think gonna learn later in the episode is that john has a rap sheet too um the what the conversation that he has with millie is you know maybe he got into a lot of fights he was just in a little bit of trouble like small town stuff he wasn't like super bad but that's what it sounded like to me mm-hmm. like john had a little bit of his own history as well and his own run-ins so uh hypothetically betty was like you know he'll go to the army he'll be they'll straighten him out he'll mature mm-hmm. uh but she says oh yeah just hope going to war would get it out of his system like hold on sister it ain't that simple <laughs> He's got more of it in his system now, I think. <laughs> Millie does the thing that you expect Millie to do here, which is just say, oh, yeah, like, it's fine. Like, I'm, you know, I think Mary and him are, are talking. Like, they they seem to be very good for each other. I'm, I'm also, you know, worried about John, but I, you know, kind of have to trust him, basically. Uh, and then we skip to Carlos and Lata, who are on their way to see Diana, a character we haven't met yet, but that was recommended to them by Anton, a character that mm-hmm. uh, we saw Carlos get all uh, um, googly-eyed over a couple of episodes right. ago. And notably, they, they mentioned during this that uh, Carlos and Anton went on one date, but haven't really been in touch since. Um, so we get to check in on Carlos's uh, romantic um, interest, which is always very fun. Um, right. Then it's over to Diana, who is extremely familiar with the gym. Uh, basically confirms like whatever it's going to show is absolutely coming to pass. Um, says that um, this was given to a group of vampires that worshipped the Ishitari, uh, and these the Ishitari promised them longevity, not in the form of like a mortal life, which they kind of already have, but in like a clan kind of way, basically like which humans yeah. they should turn to make sure that they build their clan up to be all powerful. Uh, I think it was the Il Sorta, but okay. my autocorrect changed sorta uh-huh. or the whatever the correct word was to sparta which oh, is not correct which is also a form of vampires um yeah. <laughs> i love this idea uh i uh-huh. really wish if given more of a timeline like i think a and, and this is not new territory by any means um like there's um i can't remember what the name of the show that's like witches versus vampires uh but um there's there's like the idea of a generational family or clan of vampires that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years and like kind of steals into we 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 dealt a lot with this with and in the the main supernatural story with like the weird hitler guys that killed um our our buddy um why can't i remember felicia charlie that ended up killing charlie uh but like I, i think this is a really interesting idea of like oh we are going to worship these gods so that they give us like the the long range planning, right? So they can give us like a tactical strategy over the next couple of stra- couple of centuries. Uh, unfortunately, like this is all just going to go washed by the wayside because we have to have stupid fights with vampires. So right, right, uh, yeah. So they're like, okay, well, that sounds 
bad. Um, I guess we should probably go. But hey, this doesn't necessarily depict your death. It's just depicting a significant event. So, you know, we can probably we can probably work with that. Let's take the gem and get out of here. And that's when Diana is like, uh, actually, maybe mm. you should let me keep it here and have it be safe. Um, and then it's very clear within seconds that she is in cahoots, unwillingly in cahoots with the vampires. And all of our lore gets tossed away because she goes, uh, he's right behind me, isn't he? Again, it's this is they, they imply so much much more interesting drama than they actually show on the screen because she says that the vampires have been threatening people like her, like uh, you know, people who know this kind of stuff for mm. years. Right, like so, they've been on the hunt for this amulet for a long time, and like the implication is, holy shit! Like there's a well-organized team of vampires that have been like kind of operating in the shadows. Um, But the execution of this is the lead vampire guy who never gets a name throughout the episode. Like not even don't recall ever the main dude. I don't even know that he's credited as. I don't know. There's some. (laughs) There's some. I mean, there's (laughs) one guy's credited as Pete. So okay. I don't know. I don't know what that would. I don't sure. know. <laughs> his his real name is Holt Boggs. So I don't. Let's see if that's the lead vampire guy. Um, absolutely this guy not. Sh- no, not is that him. is that him? No, is that him? absolutely not. I don't know who the lead oh. vampire guy is. Um, well, it's not Pete. I'll tell you that much. Not even uh, credited, apparently. Um, but this wow. is so dumb. I want to talk about how so so fucking stupid this is because the vampires are all dressed weird. This lead vampire game just that guy just like says dumb things and with really dumb ways. Uh, there's another like mini vampire that like jumps on the counter in a real stupid way. I'm just <laughs> yeah. I just I am really I am so annoyed by vampires and supernatural in general nowadays. Like they started out just weirdly like shitty meth head vampires that mm-hmm. were kind of cool for being shitty meth head vampires. And now they're this and I don't know what this is and I hate it. I just don't like it. And especially you think of like when we met the alpha vampire and he created this weird like cult for himself and Dean was seeing visions of that like weird little vampire girl. Like it was all very strange and, and cool. And then they did like the, like you said, like, like the meth head version of it, which was also kind of its own take. And this is, yeah, it just sort of falls flat. They are very much just monsters of the week. Um, but it could have been so interesting because this is a religious cult. Yeah. And this is, that's why, you know, later on in the episode when the lead vampire is pounding on the door, talking about you know it's your fate john winchester like he doesn't gain anything on a surface level from doing this but this was a religious vision for him therefore he ha- feels he's compelled to to complete this to to find this fate um which is that's an interesting concept but they just are like we don't have time for it we have to do vampire karate i um i don't know did we specifically mention that when he kills diana he like holds the amulet and sees yeah he holds the amulet down so she could see a vision of her death and then he kills and then her, he kills her like, immediately cool but we, we're yeah. not spending enough time on um, this kind of stuff and then he also grabs it himself and sees a very similar vision to what john sees like he sees himself dead so like that's that's mm-hmm. really weird you mentioned that like religious division and everything and i think that's really really fascinating unfortunately like yeah this Normally into uh, the choreography of the show, this scene doesn't really do it for me too much. Uh, it c- Although there is one later that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that one. Uh, this basically, they go back and forth like with the fighting stuff. Eventually, the lead vampire uh, grabs John um, and then like says his name, 
which is also really strange. Uh, and I thought it was going to be way more important in this episode. Like, oh, these vampires yeah. know John. Um, but then he just tosses John into Mary and Carlos and then Jed. Um, like now that Dean has been introduced as a concept, I'm like, are these some sort of time traveling vampires? Are they like, are they given some mission by some opposing force to stop whatever Dean's trying to change by killing John? You know, I thought a thousand things in this one moment and then none of it, of course, has anything to do with anything. Also, uh, they need to solve, and they need to, the show has been canceled. Um, they, I wish that they had solved the problem of Lata being present as a pacifist during these fight scenes, uh, because what ends up happening to most of them is like, she's in the corner, like hiding, um, which, Hey, as a, as a not pacifist, that's what I would be doing if people were fighting sure. vampires. <laughs> so I get it. I, uh, but I, I kind of wish like we had this whole thing about like her value as a hunter, um, and I just wish they had come up with some more creative things for her to do during these fights. And I don't, like mm-hmm. maybe go get the ride, right? Maybe watch the back to see if they're going to escape or, or whatever. And I know that like you can't really, it's really difficult to produce these TV shows and give every character something to do and not have a zillion cuts or, or whatever. It's just, I really, really like Lata and I feel like they're underusing her quite a bit by just making her yeah. go hide in the corner. So, right. It's, you know, I think that they, they do a good enough job of having her always lead the investigations, but absolutely we like, yeah. we would like more than just that, you yeah. know, eventually Sam Winchester basically just got to be the lore guy and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that's when he stopped being interesting. But before that, he was the lore guy and he got to do stuff. So, and I get, you know, they're, they're telling very similar stories, but they're dividing it four ways instead of two ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we still want to see everybody do some stuff. Uh, after the fight, the vampires run away. They lose them, uh, and they go back to the hideout where uh, Carlos is like, holy shit, I'm sorry, we lost them. And Mary's like, we've got to have other leads, but in the meantime, I'm going to call your mom to babysit you, John Winchester. And he's like, well, that's <laughs> rude. Like, to call my mom. I, I, I could just sit here. Like, I'm, But she's like, no, no, you have to be you have to be occupied, otherwise you'll just come after us while we go uh, to try to chase down leads. Um, and that happens. They... They figure out like a, a potential lead to go track these vampires down at their lair, uh, and Mary grabs some alone time, um, and John is like, "Hey, you know, what if I can't change my fate? Like, what if this is locked in?" And I like Mary's response, which is like, "Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Even if I have to kill every vampire in the tri-state area, like it's just a real fun like hunter yeah, line." Yeah. Um, yeah. And John reluctantly agrees. He's like, "Okay, fine. I'm gonna stay behind. I'll read all the Lord books." Uh, and Mary's like, "Okay, cool." And as she's walking away, she like stops herself and she turns around and she just runs into his arm for this like really, really emotional hug. Um, I'm, I am the kind of weirdo that really likes emotional hugs more than emotional kisses nowadays. Chris. I was going to say the same thing. I, I made a note about that. I think the, the hug is, is, is so much more emotional than the kiss. No, the kiss is passion and all that and mm-hmm. romance, but a hug is just, it's, it's tender, I guess. And there's something about that that just feels more real for, especially for the situation that they're in. And it feels like a closer, bond between them because it's it's this tender hug so uh mary carlos and lata head over to diana's place which they just left uh, mary is going to sneak in when she is busted by the police uh which is betty and betty kind of pushes her a little bit and says like hey i, I write your name down you and your whole family have these rap sheets and she's and mary responds like hey we just like to have fun like i yeah. have a lot of fun and i don't think i have a rap sheet anywhere uh-huh. <laughs> i need to i mean i know that i am banned from fishing and hunting in mississippi but that's i mean that's not really my fault <laughs> um Betty continues to be like, hey, like, I don't want John mixed up with this. And Mary says, I would never harm John. And she's like, you better hope that you don't. Uh, so it's a little bit of that, like, bristling at one another. Uh, mm-hmm. Mary comes around the back to meet Carlos and Lata. And it turns out this was their plan. They, uh, Mary- yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Mary walked up to lockpick 
a door at a crime scene up right on Main Street. Like it was so obvious. But that was the idea was I'm going to draw the attention of the police that are here so that you two can go around back and, and sneak in. Um, which makes sense. Which yeah. makes perfect sense, I guess. Um, and they find a ledger inside uh, that Diana yeah. was keeping, which is going to lead them to the lair, which is really convenient. Um, we head back to the hideout uh, where Millie tells John about Betty dropping by. She calls Mary John's girlfriend, which he vehemently denies, um, maybe a little too strongly. And she's just like, save yeah. it for the kids. Like, I, I know what's happening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she also says that she's still worried about him because, uh, and I love this line, like, just because you're punching mon- monsters now doesn't mean that you're not punching. Like, you're still obviously very angry you have this anger inside of you and this is where i kind of picked up on the like oh maybe john had a little bit of a history you know a couple Mm -hmm. tough run-ins before he he went off to war i I get the same vibe um i don't know if they explicitly said that um Mm. i think at some point it happens i think maybe when when betty is telling millie about the rap sheet she's like well so does john or something um so maybe maybe this uh millie also says this the the line about like don't worry about the fate stuff fate is what you make it which is what we heard dean winchester say um also as much as they deal with free will uh, like all of the ending of supernatural is definitely feels like fate is not what you make it (laughs) like it's not Mm -hmm, that but mm -hmm. neither here nor there we don't we don't have time to discuss the the ending of supernatural right right now um instead it's it's time to learn about how to kill vampires did you did you pick up the the supernatural version of lore Mm -hmm. for vampires on this which is to cut their heads off yep great uh the rest john teaches sam and dean how to do this in season one yes so i guess it's this this is where he learned it there's you know a small connection but also he is probably the one who taught them how to kill everything so you know <laughs> uh the, Sco- the rest of the scooby gang arrive at this uh relatively nice house in a suburban neighborhood carlos is very sad because there's no castle or boat and same sorry <laughs> sorry about your budget bro <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh they go- what you get for being in lawrence kansas but there should have been a castle they go inside uh they're checking the place out it's empty there's no vampires uh but they do find a bunch of paperwork including the map uh they also and again the implication here is so interesting like they they lata kind of just throws off this line about the vampires orchestrating this bank branch to close so they had to transfer all of the safety deposit boxes to a different branch and that's yeah. when they were going to attack the thing and, I'm, and even carlos is like oh my god a vampire heist story would make a great movie and i'm like give us that that's what i want yeah. to see in this tv show is that what maybe they tried to write and then the budget said no No, yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's like obviously this the show has some pretty severe budget uh restraints um but it's, when we eventually write our podcast film it's going to be vampire heist time traveling vampire heist that's that's the dream right there um so yeah they 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 find this map uh lata recognizes it almost immediately as a map of the the hideout with some rooms that they have never seen before and they put it together like uh uh-oh they thought they had this place shut down but there's an entrance from the sewers classic 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 men of letters what are you doing with the entrance from what the sewers? are you doing this with the entrance to the sewers it's stinky down so there. basic i'm questioning how many letters you're a man of right now like yeah. i don't think you're all 26 is what i'm saying not I'm, all 20 there's a couple letters missing. <laughs> there's a couple letters me. missing if you're if you really want to know if you're leaving openings in the sewer man this is this is video game 101 kind of bullshit absolutely but they radio in back to the to the bunker to the clubhouse and they tell them, hey, uh, by the way, there's this entrance from the sewers. And just then there's a huge bang <laughs> as the vampires have broken in through that sewer entrance. Yes. Uh, w- did the vampires bomb this? I didn't, I didn't really like it, it's left unsaid as far as I don't what... know. Just a lot of gases in that sewer, <laughs> sure, you know, yeah. and it's very flammable. You know, so it's probably something like that. 
Um, but the, the end result is that they are kind of blocked in. They can't get to the main part of the hideout anymore. Um, so they are forced to find somewhere else. Lata going through the plans is like, oh, there's a vault below you. You can go, you can go lock yourself in there. So they take off. Uh, John tries to do the hero thing where he's like, mom, go ahead. I'm going to hold him off. And she's like, absolutely not. You're coming with no, me. No. And just pulls no, him no, off. No, 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 no. I do like them, uh, subverting some of those like obvious kind of moments. Uh, it's, it's, it's very fun. Um, yeah. They make it to the vault. Uh, Millie has to splice some wires. Luckily, there's some wire nuts sitting right there, which is very convenient. So I I was trying to piece some things together because earlier, Lata mentioned that they might have rats. She's like, I haven't Mm -hmm. seen any evidence of them, but there's a lot of this wiring that's been chewed up. Um, So that's, of course, connecting to this. And then there's a song, I believe, called Rats by the Kinks that plays when the vampires Mm -hmm. run in. I thought they were having fun with this I think they were having having a good time. Like, it's really, really fun. Uh, I was going to mention that, too, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, The rest of the Scooby King arrive. There's vampires outside, and it's time for Carlos to do the holy water hair commercial move. Um, so Dude, he, is this the best part of the whole show so far? I kind of think so. You disagree? You disagree? I, kinda, I know. I kind of think so. Like it's border. It's oh, it's oh. so borderline for me. It being if it was anybody but this actor playing this role, I think I would oh. kind of fucking hate this. Because oh, it's so camp. Because he unties his, his ascot and hands it to Lata. And he's like Lata, and he just leans over, and she suddenly pours this water in his hair. <laughs> It's so, and then he, the, you know, of course he does the spin move, whips them with the hair, the holy water sprays everybody. But then he's like, actually doing like cool combat, like he's spinning around, cutting throats, like it all. If it was just this like silly trick to slap with his yes. hair, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, okay, that was a one up. But then he actually shows a very interesting kind of fighting style for supernatural where he's sort of weaving in and out and and twirling and i just thought it was very cool i I have it in my notes that carlo executes these two vampires with style uh and i think that's 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 exactly what he does that's that's the big thing for me also i think they they could have really overused the hair stuff and they 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 do it like he does two or three twirls and it gets some some holy water on some vampires and then it's like to that clever fighting style that you were talking about um i'm sorry if you keep hearing me drop my little fidget thing i you normally i'm good at not, not doing that but i have to have something to fidget with in my hand and i keep dropping every it time yeah you just gotta fidget sometimes um Mary makes her way inside. Uh, as you mentioned, like rock music starts playing. Uh, the Kinks rat starts playing. And she is, I love this. Like she is just fucking murdering her way through some vampires. Yeah, it's very cool. They do a really good job, even with the low budget, uh, making making Mary seem to be, seem, making Mary out to be an incredible badass. Uh, and yeah. as a. There's as a part where she like throws her machete through a guy's chest. Dude, it's a whole thing. Dude, it's so great. Like takes one out midair. What? Are yeah. you serious? And then walks over I mean, and Mary, cuts his head off. You still have to go and cut his head off or it won't die, but still very cool. But she does. She walks over, oh, grabs shit. the fucking machete, oh, and cuts his head shit. off. Like it's, she's not fucking around in this. Um, uh. The the lead vampire, again, nameless, uh, continues to pound on the vault door, just yelling John Winchester in a really dumb voice. Uh, John tells his mother that he has an idea and that Millie is going to extremely hate it. Uh, we switch back outside. Mary is running into these last two vampires. Uh, this one is is not. This one is a mini boss. It's not as easy to kill as the other one. Yeah, he's a mini boss. Yeah, he has like a guard reflectability or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Still gets. She still gets to collect the head though. Pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the time she she deals with this vampire though, the the main vampire has broken into the vault. She runs in to see the vampire feeding on John. Uh, Mary like jumps at him. The vampire just knocks her back into a wall. Uh, that actually looks really cool. I like the the way the effect looked of her flying into mm, the wall. Yeah, it actually looked pretty good. And then, surprise, surprise, he begins to choke. Uh, 
Uh, Millie says it's dead man's blood. And of course, Mary is very confused. And I hate when they, when TV shows do this, Chris, I really, really do. They didn't need to show me the flashback of this plan. Like I got it. As soon as you said dead man's yeah. blood, I've seen supernatural. I know like Millie could have said, we killed John. Now you, now we got to bring it back. I don't know why they do flashbacks to like three minutes ago. I cannot stand. Yeah, I, and I wonder if this. they film it sequentially. And then somebody in the editing department thought it'll be better if we hold that suspense. And we wonder maybe so what John yeah, did. Maybe so. But I feel like, yeah, we put it together pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, Mary doesn't hesitate. She takes the opportunity to cut the vampire's head off. Uh, and that, yeah, and then we get we get the flashback. If he's already dead when the vampire bites him, then it'll be dead man's blood, which shows that it doesn't need to be actively long dead blood. I think it's more of just like a metaphysical thing. The blood of a man whose life is no longer in him um, is, is what will do it rather than the actual like physical compound of the blood. Um but yeah, so the idea was they're going to shock John, kill him, kill the vampire, and then shock John back to life. We've seen Dean do this um, several times during the course of the main TV show. Yeah. Um, it really, like at this moment, while it was happening the first time I watched this, I was like, oh. Because as soon as he said, I have a bad idea, I was like, and he looks over at like the two electrical wires hanging out of the wall. I was like, oh, he's going to kill himself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to introduce the, re- like is Bobby, not, is that, was it Bobby? Ooh. Who was the, the lead reaper um, at the Billy. end? Billy. Thank you. Not Bobby. Uh, I was like, is Billy about to show up? Because they've got me so fucking that, hype. Yeah. I've seen fucking Loki. I've seen fucking, or Gabriel, Loki slash Gabriel. I've seen um, Henry. I've seen fucking... I almost said something that we haven't seen yet, so I'm glad oh. I, I, I didn't oh. say that. We've seen you've seen De- some folks. I've seen Dean Winchester, and I was like, "Fuck, Billy is about to show up and be like, it's not your time or something." Like I was like, "Holy shit, my mind's about to be blown." What do you think John went? Was he just it was just nothingness for him? Or I mean, he's probably he was probably like like asleep in purgatory for five minutes. He yeah, didn't he even wake hell. up. Yeah, he just didn't wake up. Um, they they spent quite a lot of time trying to uh, resuscitate John, and it seems like it's not going to work. But then, of course, it does. He wakes up with a huge... Yeah, Mary starts there. crying, and that's like what brings him back. Mm-hmm. I was um, a little confused by that. It's just This is what happens in the first Pokemon movie, Jeremy. Okay, really? Is that the... Mary uh, Warrior Winchester yeah. is in the first Pokemon movie? <laughs> Tell me more, my um, friend. <laughs> Ash Ketchum, you know, Pokemon trainer, gets uh-huh. turned to stone by Mewtwo. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And... Pikachu comes over and he's just like Pika Pika, you know, because he's that's his buddy. And then he start Pikachu starts crying, and uh, it's the tears. tears of the Pokemon that bring back. I said that is a true trauma memory for me. I was like nine when I saw that in a theater full of other kids. We're like, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, that's not what happens here. If we uh, have, John um, comes back, if we ever do a Pokemon podcast, uh, and I can pretty <laughs> safely assure everybody that this is never going to happen. But if we ever uh-huh. do, you just told me like that the theme song needs to be Tears of a Clown, but it says it's going to be Tears of a Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. just 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 imagine my father sitting there in the theater with me going what the fuck why, why is this nine-year-old crying what what child did i it's, spawn it's into been, the earth it's been 90 minutes of animals saying their names cannot believe my two older daughters were easier than this this is ridiculous he's they played sports dude they were athletic and popular and i wanted to go see the pokemon movie chris on, on opening night chris wants to go see the pokemon movie on the way home buy a kinks album and he's like who yeah. are you how do you even know You're who the kinks are. Um, yeah, John wakes up. 
uh, and then <laughs> yeah. Mary absolutely plants one on him immediately. Uh-huh. So they're 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 big, hardcore big making out right on the lips. Um, I love the cut to Lata and Carlos. Carlos doing the big like wide hand reaction yep. of like, oh my uh, god, looks back over at Lata. Um, just everybody's freaking out. They start arguing about who told who first. Uh, uh-huh. Very fun. All of this is, is super super fun. Um, and then we skip ahead a little bit uh, where they, they they use the 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 Winchester like family theme. They do when when yeah. John and Millie hug. Mm-hmm. You've talked about the overuse here, but he was kind of hugging his mom when it happened. Yeah, so I feel like that's fine. Right. And it, also, it doesn't drag on very long. Like it's it's yeah, it's just it's, a it's little very, bit it's more like a subtle version mm-hmm. of it. It's not fully up front. You know, I uh, did not did not take exception to this to the to the sad supernatural theme. Uh, whose name I've got to learn one day. I think it's Americana, <laughs> but also maybe that's not the one. All I know is Jake's remixes of the soundtrack. I need to go back and listen right. to the actual soundtrack again uh we skip ahead uh where anton has arrived to uh help fix carlos's leg we didn't specifically mention it but he gets kind of slashed on the leg during his fight uh they flirt a bunch and carlos apologizes for not calling and then they kiss uh which is extremely notable because i believe in supernatural uh in the and like as a part of the whole universe i don't they've had gay couples before i don't think they've actually showed two gay characters kissing one another um and i, yeah. I don't think carlos is like i think he's bi or, or or what have you but like this is a man kissing another man which is a remarkable thing for supernatural which is sad to be honest with you yeah. it's, it's sad that yeah. it's remarkable and, this, and i don't know how how good the cw is i know i've told you i was watching that nancy drew show in the cw which is um has pretty good representation and, and does show mm-hmm. same-sex couples kissing Thing. so they're they they're they were moving towards that already but this is definitely i feel like the first time we've seen it in supernatural yeah the the dc universe stuff um has a, a number of gay characters in it um which is good and has relatively decent um casting the un- a representation the unfortunate thing about like stuff like arrow is that by the end of arrow you get a really nice diverse cast of quality actors uh in the dumbest fucking outfits you've ever seen in your entire <laughs> life so, it's a real it's a real monkey's paw situation if we need more representation oh no i, I didn't mean for men max to get dressed Uh, up like that that's a dumb dcu Uh, character anyway lots of kissing everybody's happy uh mary and john are back in the vault uh which has these like folded weird ass like spots to put stuff um definitely seems like the amulet should be here and not the fucking locker downstairs yeah i would definitely put this in the magic vault wall yeah my my locker (laughs) what were you doing with this in your locker raphael Raphael, what are you do you know that that's you're not supposed to have that what are you doing um why was this why is this in the gym locker room (laughs) John doesn't have his, the the burns on his hands anymore. Uh, and Raphael was wearing it while he was working out uh-huh. because he was trying to get a vision of the future where he was buff. But it never <laughs> I get, just showed him with weak arms, and Raphael's like, "No, no, I, I got to get them gains. Got to get the gains." <laughs> it never worked out, but that's why it was in his gym locker. <laughs> um. John doesn't have the burns anymore. Uh, John and Mary are very cute together. Uh, and John wonders if, you know, the group mm-hmm. dynamic will change. And Mary says something relatively interesting, I think, was we're stronger together uh, with no secrets, um, which is obviously a thing. Like, you can't, I don't think you can say something like that without kind of picturing and referencing the entirety of the 15 seasons of Supernatural, which was, that was a major thing of people keeping secrets from one another, yeah. hiding things from one another, and then eventually coming to the conclusion that, oh, I should have done that. And then immediately doing it again uh that like the next season um and it's like i think it's just kind of fascinating that they're learning this lesson this early especially with john winchester uh season one of season two john winchester and the main show supernatural 
kept an incredible amount of secrets from the boys. Like, didn't tell them about sure demons, yeah. for example. Uh, a pretty important thing for them to know about. Uh, just kind of interesting that we're learning all of these lessons in the 70s now. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's clearly not going to carry over. Unless, you know, Dean's tra- traveled back in time to, to make his parents have healthy communication skills and just see if that changes anything or like again one maybe one son just, just, just one. one son or as you like to say erase sam Chet's winchester from existence which is still my favorite my favorite theory about what this where the show is going um they make plans to go to some movies together at night uh and then shut the vault and we switch over to betty who is at a diner talking to somebody saying that you were right something is very off with mary winchester and it's revealed that it is kyle uh, who Whoa. is um, handing her files on all of the Scooby gang and telling her that like something is up and it's really weird that you keep pinning this on Mary and not John. And she's like, well, no, no, no. If John's guilty, I'm going to gonna hit him with a law book or whatever cops say. Um, and she says they're going to get the bottom, get to the bottom of all of this as the camera pulls away and is revealed that Kyle has the, yeah, she's like, why do you give a shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who are you? And he's like, Oh, I'm just he's a like, guy. Oh, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in Lawrence. Hey, just trying to get a story. I'm just a guy bitten by a bug. A what guy. you want hey. from me? Hey, Hey, she's like, Kyle, you did not sound like that. <laughs> Kyle, you're um, but yeah. channeling a weird energy in this diner. My yeah, friend. Very weird energy. And then the camera pans back and we see the three marks on the back of his neck. Yep. He's in a Creta busted that's a fun that's a fun twist he's gonna need to wear some high popped collars if he wants to conceal that though oh yeah you think they think they or i mean he could just say that it's like a freckle or something like i know but i'm just saying like if mary catches wind of that you know he's in trouble okay okay that's the episode chris how did, how that's did, the episode how did you feel about this one i know i'm just think i'm just picturing Raphael in the gym in the in the men of letters bumper gym pumping sweating it out pumping he's got the amulet on he's seeing literal prophetic visions of his own death but he's just trying to see if he's buffing them just trying to get as buff as possible he's seeing what's your name um abaddon abaddon whatever. murder everybody wipe in the out the men of letters but he and he's trying to see he's like is there any angle the where i can see squinting, a Did squinting I get really hard am i am i buffing this what do my legs look like should i skip leg day today i think i should skip leg day and he's so obsessed about the buffness thing that he's he doesn't even doesn't tell even, anybody like oh by the way that doesn't register the fact that the entire you know men of letters is being murdered no, that doesn't yeah. matter at all um that's a footnote no absolutely uh i, I like this oh you know i it was a fun episode i guess yeah i actually do like the idea of oh we have a vision of the future and we're gonna kind of fake it or like john fakes the death he doesn't fake it but he he it doesn't plan out the way that they expected it to Mm -hmm. um where it's gonna look the same on camera (laughs) and in the future uh camera lens it's gonna look the same but it's going to be a different thing we didn't actually mention that when they get to the vault that's where the red carpet is and they've mentioned red carpet a thousand times we didn't actually talk about that because the power is out i'm like why is this a plot that we're dealing with i completely turn the power on and then boom it's revealed oh red carpet that which is it's you know it's a fun little gotcha for two seconds yeah i complained so much about it i just felt like we didn't need to actually mention it in the episode (laughs) so um yeah, I, I like this episode. It's it's it, this is kind of a classic supernatural move where they sh- give you a big reveal, like oh my god, Dean Winchester's traveled back in time, and then they just barely mention it at the front and the back of the episode of the of the one following it. So you're just yeah. you're, you're left with a basically 
with a second cliffhanger and you're just like mm-hmm. waiting for the the main story to come along um i feel like the vampires i've mentioned this a couple of times now were extremely goofy and bad villains in this but overall i really like the story and the fate stuff and like i thought it was really really fun like the mary and john being this like cute new couple is working on me in a way that i would have told you you were crazy for even trying back when yeah. that when the trailer for this uh, aired i would have thought that it's you very were... unexpected but yeah absolutely yeah so um good stuff all the way around um i liked it same last thoughts before we go um i need to see dean i need to know what's going on we need to see dean winchester and pronto um thank you everybody for listening thank you for continuing to listen i mentioned this at the top of the episode if you're a patron and you had some issues you can't get to our discord or whatever go check your payment processing stuff uh patreon had an issue uh if you're a patron also thank you very much for going to patreon.com slash monster the week and supporting us we very much appreciate it uh thank you to everybody that continues to communicate with us on social media uh we don't i'm not really looking at twitter much anymore but i'm popping in like once a day and some people have written in for some good stuff so uh thank you for continuing to to chat with us even on social media platforms platforms that are slowly but surely dying yeah. Yeah, uh, eventually we'll have new apps right of course just one day yeah everybody will have an everything <laughs> app of course uh we will be back next week with um uh where'd it go an unexpected visitor oh that could be anybody Ooh. bye everybody Winchester going, let me be let born. Let me be no. born. He's, he's on a different timeline. This just turns into yeah. the X-Men with like multiple yeah. children born in multiple <laughs> timelines coming back and trying to get Cyclops and Gene either to fuck or not fuck, depending on what they need to do. So That's what Dean's all up to right now. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay, I connected and then it said, "Hey, brother, you're not connected." You're not fucking again. connected. How dare you? But then it you? made the connected noise, so here I am. I'm dude, I'm fresh off the Chester. I'm straight off the winch. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do, like, man. I'm I hot do. off it right now. You don't know what's going on except you just watched kind of a boring episode with some dumb just, vampires. <laughs> you know, it was all right. Like I'm in a good mood this morning, so I was just like having a good time, but the whole time I'm like, "All right, where's Dean? Where's Dean? <laughs> Where is he?" It's a question we've never had to ask in supernatural it's a history. It's question we've never had to ask and suddenly I find myself asking, "Hey, where's Dean?" Where's Dean? We got to have And then him. there was dude, there was no voiceover at the very beginning they always do the cold open and then they do voiceover they did the cold open and then no voiceover so i'm like oh he's definitely going to be in this one why would they use his voiceover if he's in the episode right uh and then about three minutes in they hit us with that voiceover and i was like son of a bitch got him (laughs) fucking (laughs) fucking got him how are you chris Mm. 
doing all right drinking my coffee and it's an Ooh. early morning how are you i'm uh i'm two espressos up so i'm oh, pr- yeah. have, a, have a glass of water in front of me and i'm just waiting to uh, have to <laughs> two tap espressos out up about to be two espressos down if you know what i'm saying i know exactly what you're saying i might have to make a run for the border <laughs> if you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah. uh, the oh, border yeah. between my hallway and the bathroom chris that's, that's what i'm right. talking about that's right um i have news for you that i would all like right. to, i would like to tell you um what's up it's not really news. It's more of just uh, just casual conversation. You know, lately I've been listening to a lot of Boy Genius. You've sure, yeah, yes. Uh, I, after a, a very late night, one night when some alcohol was consumed, I stumbled across some TikToks of them doing live performances, and then immediately went to YouTube and have been basically obsessed with them ever since. Um, yeah. To the point that now I'm digging into the solo albums of each uh, band member. Uh, having a great time, yeah. Getting getting emotional, listening to it, having fun. Everything's a good. Everything's good. Um, I have learned throughout my almost two decades of marriage that uh, if I want Autumn to experience music, if I want her, if I want to introduce her to something, the worst way to do it is to be like, "Hey, I like this new album. You should check it out." <laughs> um, because what it does, it, it sets a weird expectation, and it's not her. I will fully own the fact that, like, if I really like something, I get like weirdly intense about it. Um, so, I'm, like, I just like gotta put on the record and then stare at somebody and wait for them to have a reaction to my favorite lyric that's barely understandable because the you know, the uh-huh. lyrics are buried in the mix or something. But I've I've been obsessed with it for four days, so I, like I, I know every single fucking breath that the singer is taking. Um, so what I do is uh, in the morning time when I'm doing like we wake up and I'll do like the kitchen chores and Autumn's kicking around and all that kind of stuff. I always listen to music so what i do is i just sneakily play it in the background yeah uh, and what happens is generally like autumn's like like she, she won't even be paying attention we'll be having a conversation and i'll just kind of see her nodding her head i'm like i got her <laughs> got her i mean i, I can I, I could just like basically incept these these songs yeah, it's into the slow creep yeah that's basically what i do i do it in the car exactly because uh, yeah. if i sit down and i'm like let's listen to this song it's like oh no we're driving to a restaurant and i'm, I'm just i'm gonna toss it on shuffle yeah oh, let me just put it, it on just, shuffle it was just one album <laughs> Uh, so this happened. So I'm doing this with Boy Genius um, because I know Boy. Ge- she's not. This is not her type of music. Like she's she's not. Uh, she's not. She doesn't really listen to like sad music. Autumn's musical tastes are like '90s gangster hip hop uh, and like super goth music from yeah. Russia. Like that's that's like kind of her two her two zones right, for the right. most part. Um, or like you know mashup music, which I know me and you both like. Um, I, I'm a big fan. Oh yeah, yeah. You mix a you mix a like a 1970s rock song with a 19 like 90s hip hop beat. You got something. You got something going. Anyway, something cooking. Start listening to Boy Genius. Um, Autumn's first reaction is. Why are you listening to church music? <laughs> that was oh, her first damn. question to me. Why are you listening to these well, girls? Was it the start of that album? Sing about like God. No, no, no. But it was oh. the album. It wasn't the EP. Okay. Uh, and and like this, this happens probably conservatively three or four times. So like she's like, why are you listening to church music? And I'm like, this is a good album. You should you should maybe check it out. And she's like, no 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 no. This sounds like church music. She reaches over, grabs my phone. She looks at the album cover. It's three hands reaching towards the heavens, and she's like, oh yeah, this is definitely church music. Um, th- throughout, if you if you really start listening to it, like throughout the album, they they talk about vaguely church stuff in yeah. there. Like there's a there's 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 you know they they use words like revelation and ecclesiastes. Like there's I think that Lucy religious... in particular like grew up with that, so that's very like exactly. influences a lot yeah, of yeah. Uh, her lyrics. There's yeah. some religious imagery going down in there. Um, and I don't really think that it's like them singing about like God or or anything like no, that. No, definitely not. It's just it's just using the, <laughs> the language. <laughs> but uh, it's very. But so that was her initial reaction, and she so. 
uh, she like left the room, came back in. It was a different song. She's like, "Oh my god, these girls really love God. Like, is this? Did they really like Jesus? Like, they, she was. She it's, was. It's funny because I feel like so much of the best goth music sounds like it's kind of church music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll get behind you. You know, that. Mm-hmm. like like Sisters of Mercy or even like that band Cold Cave. You know, I like there's always like this like choral aspect to these sure. songs. Yeah, yeah. But I guess you. But when you hear it, you know it's also not. But anyway, continue. She she has a point. Autumn has a. <laughs> she's she's not wrong. She's not right, yeah. but she's not wrong. <laughs> right, right. I, I see what she's saying. This this continues to happen for uh, let's say conservatively two weeks, um, and it's not every day. But like I'm right. I'm I'm playing you know the al- I'm playing the album not every single morning, but most mornings. Let's just say it. You're in your bag. I'm in the bag, dude. I'm in <laughs> I am in my boy my BG bag, uh, and this culminates with uh, a trip to town early one morning um we have to i'm not gonna get into it but like we had to be at a hospital at for like 6 30 in the morning or whatever i'm everybody's fine don't worry people like this is all good but uh i was playing the album in the in the house doing the last minute chores before we head head over get in the car i'm driving stick it on genuinely didn't even think about it like albums just picks up from where it left off mm-hmm. um i don't have it i'm not jamming out but like we're also not talking it's very early in the morning neither of us have had coffee like we're it's just one of those like early morning grind drives mm-hmm. this the song is on or the music is on in the background and I just start looking over in Autumn and just has this expression on her face. And I'm like, and I keep asking her, like, <laughs> what's wrong? And she's like, nothing. I'm, I'm good. Everything's fine. And then at, at some point as we get closer, and this is, you know, a 20 or 30 minute drive. So we've listened to almost the whole record. I don't remember. I wish I could remember what song it was. But I'll look over and she's just got this, like, screwed up facial expression. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on with you? Like, you look like you were upset. And she's like, I'm fine. I don't. I just don't think I like this album at all. Like, why are they? Why are they so sad? I don't like this. Can we listen to anything else? And I was like, Oh God, I've missed my opportunity to get her into Boy Genius. How do I? How do Damn. I come back from this? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, is there is there an, a more energetic version of like a playlist you could make of these artists? See, I got into Phoebe, and I've probably told you this, but the the singer or the guy from Bright Eyes, Connor Oberst, mm-hmm. a couple years ago, 2019, 2018, I don't remember when it was, I, I googled, what's this guy up to? What's he been doing? Um, and he had, like two days prior, just been in a music video with Phoebe Bridges, and I said, who is this young lass? Let me look into this. And I feel like that song was kind of like more upbeat. So you could probably find like a couple heaters. I don't know if Julian's got any heaters. Julian's like... In the depths of despair, in a way that I can't quite. Yeah, I haven't. With. I haven't. I haven't dove into Julian's records yet. Uh, I listened to Phoebe's latest one. Um, I didn't click with it immediately, but that's not like particularly uncommon for me. Like, usually right. it takes me a couple of listens. Um, Lucy's stuff has clicked with me immediately, and it was really funny. Uh, my normal like method for getting into an, a new artist is like I start with their oldest records and just keep keep going up, um, and just see kind of what I vibe with. And it's very funny because the first song on her first album um, is a song that's been on one of Autumn's playlists forever. She has like a indie hipster garbage playlist, I think is what ah. she's called. Uh, and it's that, I don't want to be funny anymore track. Um, and the whole record is great. Like I've been listening to all of them, all three or four of them over on repeat. And, um, but I'm, I, I had that song stuck in my head coming home from work one day. And I like sang just a bit of it in the kitchen as we were cooking. And she's like, Oh God, now I have that song stuck in my head. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. So this morning, uh, I know she's like kicking around the house. I'm like, Oh, I got to do these dishes, put on the, the, the Lucy album. It starts playing. And I was like, I really like this song. And I'm like, I'm going to get her. And she's like, and then she stops and she thinks in moderation. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
she's just she just just a little bit. She only likes the song a little bit. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna I'll uh, get her eventually though. I think. I mean, with enough time, I'll uh, occasionally like I'll hear a song that say ten years ago I did not like, um, but I heard a lot ten years ago, and then I hear it again now, and I go, hey, yeah, all right, because you remember it, you know it, and suddenly you can just kind of vibe with it. So hopefully this won't take ten years, but I believe in you. I believe in the plan. <laughs> Also, I mean, I'm fully prepared for this not to work whatsoever. Like, I, there's a there's a significant chance that this is just not her type of music. And normally, mm-hmm. what's weird is it's not really my type of music either. Like, yeah. I, I don't really... Apparently, if you say you're one of those people that just listen to everything, like, that's bad nowadays. Like, I keep seeing... Yeah, that was always bad. Um, oh, okay. Even though, <laughs> even though it being true is not bad, <laughs> but saying it, you couldn't say it because that's that was the... At least for my experience with that, that was uh, on MySpace everybody was so into music because it was like kind of a music mm-hmm. sharing platform in a way. Um, but then when somebody said like, Oh, I listen to everything. Um, then you were like, well, you're not, I know you're not like cool with it. Like, I know you don't have like a niche interest. Like, the rest uh, of the snobs. okay. Um, but the most, the most famous thing that you would see and you just, you don't want to chill with this person. This was a huge red flag was I listened to everything except for, I think it would be like rapper country. That would always be the thing. I don't listen to everything except for rapper country. For some reason that was always like a, no, I don't know. I just something weird about you saying that. I don't like it. <laughs> That's a, it's a weird vibe. The, the musical politics of MySpace in 2005. It's uh, difficult to, to navigate. I'm sure. I think, but I'm I sure think saying that you listen to everything as a, as a grown adult is good and normal. Okay. I think that you should have a broad taste. If I still listen to just the same stuff that I listened to when I was fifteen, we'd have we'd have a problem. And granted, I do sort of listen to the same stuff that I did then. But like, if that was it, if my musical horizons had never expanded, first of all, I'd be even more miserable than I already am, and I would also just be very boring. Yeah. Um, and also, like, it's weird because I feel like I've gone back to records that I were were really important to me in my teenage years, early twenties, and realizing that i've grown out of them a little bit like mm-hmm. still recognize like music's good perfect hit me with the perfect time in my life like i can I can respect it just don't necessarily need to be that person with that sort of music anymore or with that that you know specific record or whatever um i, I listen to i try to listen to just about everything like i'm i'm kind of a person that just like will will try just about anything uh i don't necessarily have specific tastes just vibes just like oh well this this is this is my thing i will listen to this and obviously i have like stuff that i'm more interested in than others um but i've never been this i've never really been into this type of music although i guess maybe like i listened to a lot of fiona apple and tor amos like as a, yeah. as a teenager so i guess that i guess maybe the vibe was there all along i just skipped I think it for with a long these, time these bands especially with these these young women they're very clever without ever hitting you over the head with it or anything and so there's this there's this another layer of enjoyment when you're listening to it i, I saw in the discord you compared one of them to to why yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the dude from that's name, that, that uh, but is I was the... like, yeah, there is kind of like that connection. There's like a little bit of like wordplay. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of like the sardonic kind of humor in it. And it's again, it's not like over the top. It's not like super, super clever that it gets annoying or anything, but it just, it may, it's just, there's something else that's a little bit enjoyable about it. Like you can almost like chuckle along with it. Um, inside not outside you chuckle inside um that i think just it elevates it a little bit it makes it better than just like oh i'm listening to the saddest song i've ever heard yeah i um why is that dude's name by the way that was his rapper name um oh okay his, yeah. his real name is yanni wolf which doesn't necessarily help <laughs> oh yeah no i actually knew that okay okay yeah i mean i forgot it but i did know that yes <laughs> um 
but yeah, like it's it's exactly what you're saying. Like there's there's definite like similarities there and the yeah. way that the music is presented. I don't know, man. Like it's been fun listening to to, to new stuff. Um, Lucy's stuff in particular is really really grabbing me. It's just a lot of really evocative imagery conjured by some really good like lyrics without trying to be. I feel like the this this there's a there's a instinct for people to try to be like either really really clever or really really pretentious with this stuff like use mm-hmm. a bunch of mm-hmm. a bunch of crazy words and Lucy seems to be able to do both um not necessarily be pretentious but like use unusual words in her songs without ever seeming pretentious and yeah, without when she seeming like she's sings, trying I go I go she's so smart yeah exactly yeah like it doesn't <laughs> It's one of those things where she makes it seem effortless, and I'm sure that it is not. Like I, I, I have to imagine that producing these songs and like writing all these lyrics has to be some sort of, at bare minimum, emotional catharsis, if not like actual hard like work mm-hmm. to put on mm-hmm. the record. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 been really fun listening to this stuff. I haven't gone deep, um, like I said, on Julian yet. She's gonna be my next one, but uh, everybody is really warning me that <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a lot. So I'm yeah. I'm kind That's, of scared. I never really got into Julian, but. Um... It is. It's interesting. You know, I I got into Phoebe from from Bright Eyes from Connor Oberst, and Bright Eyes has been re-releasing for the last I think two years. They released a companion EP for every one of their albums since the '90s, um, and it's been so interesting. And this this band was my life as a 15, 16, 17 year old. Like all I did was like sit on my computer and listen to Bright Eyes or listen Perfect. to my iPod everywhere I went. Like it was like the sad sack, like stereotype thing. And you've probably heard a million Bright Eyes songs over the years, but um, I got to this point where I just couldn't listen to those old songs anymore. Now he's continued making music and I've been able to listen to his new music. No problem. But the old, old stuff, it was just like, man, this is a 17 year old basically crying into a microphone. And that's a lot to handle. But because he's been re-releasing these companion albums, now he's in his 40s recording these songs he wrote when he was a teenager. It's been so interesting to kind of like revisit that mm-hmm. and the like re-examine the connection that I had to some of it. Um also, Phoebe features on a bunch of these new remixed versions of it, so that's fun. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is really yeah. cool. Um, you sent me a track with Phoebe on it that was not depressing at all. It was just a really like upbeat pop track that was... Um, I don't know if I ever texted you back because we were we were kind of lost in the sauce that evening. But when we watched it, I was like, "Oh, I absolutely know this song. Like I've heard this song a zillion times. I just never." Oh, was knew it th- uh, was it Silk Chiffon? Was that the one I said? I think so. Yeah, yeah, real bright and like uh, like super bright pastel kind of colors in the yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was that one. Yeah, she featured on that. I just thought that that video was fun. So yeah very good but you were stuff. like this did not help my cause and you're trying to get out of it she we watched the video together and she was like oh yeah i dig this um but like i could tell it was not grabbing her like again yeah. if i it's so hard man it's it, so hard if you try to fit that square into us into a into a circle yeah. <laughs> slot like yeah. it, it, it gets just don't work it just yeah don't you work. have to you have to be really have to turn it sideways sometimes to get it to fit in like you have to be sneaky so i have been um what have I been listening to? Looking at my phone right now, seeing what did I, what have I been listening? The Silent Hill soundtrack. The Stone Roses a lot. You ever listen to them? The Stone Roses. Why is that name familiar to me? They were me? like late '80s. I got into them back when I first like when I discovered the Smiths, and then was like, wait, there's other bands from England, right? <laughs> they make, so I kind of like explored around like pulp and uh, the Stone Roses. I mean, they're all vaguely different genres, all sort of the same. Sure. Um, so the Stone Roses. I've listened to this one album. Let me. 
let me just pull it. It doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't matter. One, like the third track on this album is like seven minutes long because it, it plays the song and then like reverses the song after it just like plays it backwards with some like different lyrics or whatever. And I've always not liked it. And I, every time I get to that song, it's, you know, I get six minutes into it. I think I'm going to listen to something different, <laughs> but now I just keep trying to power through. Cause I do really like this album. I just always, I was poop out on it but that's my problem was whenever i listen to quote-unquote new music i'm just finding some band from the 80s that i've you know never listened to but always heard over something like that interesting i, I need to I, I think i've listened to at least one of these albums before like they've got to um, i've got to listen it. to i want to be adored by the okay. stone rose it's just that one song it's a good song i'm um, that's actually the first song on the on the list like if you google their perfect. name it's, it's like that is perfect. the song let me just hit play on this and see if I've ever heard this before. Just like skip forward a little bit because there's like a long intro. Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, no, they they they, they let it build. I don't know if this is any any way supposed to be like a shoegazy or like dream pop. I don't know any of these fucking terms. Um but they they definitely they like to jingle and jangle a little bit, you know. Okay, well, I definitely don't know this music, so <laughs> Should we winch it up? We should probably winch it up. Before we winch it up, I am so I've been, you know, just looking around casually uh-huh. as we talk, and I'm looking over at my curtains, and I'm seeing that there's a uh, spot on the curtains that's really faded, and I've seen that for a while. It's I figure, oh, it's a sunspot, you know, it's just they're, they're old curtains, I guess maybe. And now I'm realizing, no, that's not a sunspot. That's a fucking burn mark because there's a c- empty candle holder <laughs> right behind the curtain, and the. It must be fucking burning a hole, like by reflecting the sunlight. In, oh yeah, the, yeah. So I need to move that immediately. <laughs> I'll be right back. Okay. All right, crisis averted. No fire. No fires. Let's rock. Um, give me one second. Oof. Jess had to drive like two hours to go to a bachelorette party. Fuck morning. that. I told Autumn that. She was like, why are y'all recording a weekend? Is Jess not there? I was like, yeah, she's at a bachelorette party. She's like, are you fucking serious? I thought she was done. <laughs> I know, dude. She's like, I don't have any fucking friends. How am I at another wedding party? Um, and she got there, so she left at like six a.m. because uh, it's uh, down on Cape Cod, which is like you know vacation spot. Mm-hmm. So she's got to beat the the weekend traffic, and she did. But she gets to this house that she's never been to, and nobody's answering their phones. Nobody's responding to her text. And she's like, I don't, I don't even know if I'm at the right fucking house. She tries to go in, and then there's just some man there. So she's like, I guess this isn't oh, the God. right house. I don't know what's happening. She finally got it. She, but it was like I was on. I watched the Winchesters later than expected because she just sat in her car with me on the phone until somebody <laughs> finally fucking responded to her. Thank you. 